0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians brought to you by Bilt Barr. It's what I had for breakfast today. Give it a try. Great, it tastes great, and it's great for you. BuiltBar.com So, on today's podcast, we are going to... Sorry, I was looking at notes, and one side was for work, and it talked about someone having a smell issue. Uh, not that they smelled, but they, they were having an issue with what they were smelling, uh, which is very different than what we we're going to talk about on the podcast today. We're going to talk about pitching, which definitely does not smell in the Indian system. With everything else that is going on with the Indians. It is a deep system. They've had a lot of graduations, but it has stayed just as good. Uh, I am a big fan of the pitching depth. And I think, you know, as we talked about recently, again, it is very interesting to go through these rankings, go through the top player at each position, and realize that, again, it's the same spots. It is always the same spots with this team. And they have very little outfield depth. They have no one I consider a viable prospect at first base uh, amongst the top 30 or so prospects. But uh, shortstops and pitching they have for days. So without further ado, let's start talking about the starting pitching. Top five: uh, Tristan McKenzie counts as a rookie still, so you're gonna put him up there. I I'm still not fully buying in. Uh, we've discussed my issues, my concerns that he's kind of a two-pitch guy with a problem maintaining velocity. I think he might end up a reliever. Chance for him to be a starter, but uh, very low floor. I mean, he's going to work in some form for the Cleveland Indians, either as a starter or as a reliever. I think he's a a no-doubt major leaguer. That makes him an easy choice. So the next guy is kind of a matter of personal preference. Um, A lot of people go with Daniel Espino. We'll talk about him later. For me, it's Ethan Hankins. I was impressed with what he did in 2019 across multiple levels. He was an expensive sign. Remember, there was a point in time with Ethan Hankins before his spring didn't quite live up to um, to what people expected and that his, um, you know, there were some minor injury concerns with him that, I mean, Hankins and Kumar Rocker were neck and neck as the top prep pitcher in that 2018 class. Uh, they had... A few go in front of them, and Rocker, of course, went to college, is now the favorite to be the first overall pick in 2021. But Hankins still has that fastball-curveball change that uh, are all above average to plus offerings If down the line. The the command has looked better over the past few years. Uh, there were definitely some concerns with his command and his control, but the the numbers have been there. The numbers have always been improving. And the fastball is really good. The fastball, I think, could be like a a 70-grade pitch. I'm buying on the fastball. Upside here is 70-grade fastball, average control, and then three other kind of like average or better pitches. I mean, that's worst case. That's a future reliever. As long as he can stay healthy, it's hard to see him not making it as a starter, and it's hard to not seeing the Indians get the, the most out of him. Of course, if one wants to play devil's advocate, He's exactly the type of arm they don't do well with. Uh, They don't do well with those high ceiling arms. They have gotten their best production out of, I don't know if I want to say low ceiling, but uh, safer types. They found ways to take guys who already know how to pitch and get a little bit more out of them. Improve their pitches and things like that. Rather than take the guys who already have the explosive stuff and help them become better pitchers. They basically... I don't even know if they're great, uh, sacrilege here to say the Indians are great at developing pitchers. That may not be the case. What they might be great at is refining pitchers. Developing them, that might not actually be their strength. Refining them and making them better than uh, what anyone kind of expects or even thought was possible, that is where they excel. So Someone like Hankins is a great test case. They had that run where they were taking all those high ceiling arms for a few years there. Hankins was one of them, and, you know, he's made it up to the upper minors, and that's part of the reason I'm also high on him uh, in terms of his performance and what he was able to do in uh, 2019 in A-ball. And, I mean, he dominated the Mahoning Valley circuit and then had three starts in Lake County and was not overmatched, even though he was young relative to the level. One of those guys probably would have spent all year in A-ball this year if he had been... uh, If it had been a typical season, I do not think he is an option for the Indians in 2021. He's probably still about two years out. So I debated my next starter quite a bit. And I'm going to go with Joey Cantilio, the lefty the Indians acquired from San Diego. So that is the third player from the San Diego deal we have mentioned, right? We had Gabriel, if you listened to yesterday's podcast, we had Gabriel Arias. We had Owen Miller. Uh... We didn't even talk about the guys who are already in the big leagues who don't count as prospects. So that's that's our third showing of a player from that trade. And Cantilio is the perfect... When I talk about the Indians are good at refining, but not necessarily making pitchers, uh, this is a pitcher who just needs that refinement. He's already great straight numbers, great walk numbers, great everything numbers. His stuff doesn't blow anyone away. Like That is just the honest goodness thing. You look at stuff... I bet anywhere you look at him, he is going to be, uh, like, 50s. You know, average across the board at everything, maybe a little bit above average in control, maybe a 60 in control in some places. But about everything else is a 50. And that is the type of guys the Indians have done very well with. I've been a big uh, Cantilio fan since his Hawaii high school days. I remember talking about how much I loved the pick when the Padres made it. Athletic, lefty, with good secondary offerings. Well developed, can control his own pitches. That is, you can't get a better player for the Indians. Like, that is, that is exactly the type of arm they develop and they develop well. In a typical season, I think he would have probably gotten up to double A this year. This was not a typical season, so that didn't occur. Um, we'll probably start next year in high A and eventually move on to double I uh, I don't think he is too much of an option in 2021. He was drafted in 2017, so four years in the minors would be, no, because he's a college kid. So yeah, you're a high school kid. So he wouldn't even need to be rostered. So let's let's put a no for him making this team. Next is a guy I am extremely high on because I think uh, he has a supremely high floor, maybe the highest floor of any pitcher on this list. That's including McKenzie. And for me, that's Eli Morgan. Uh, I don't even know if a lot of places still consider him a prospect, list him among the top 50 or thir- top 30 SRO prospects. I have liked Morgan since his college days. And why am I still a fan? Well, he's performed at every stop, he's looked really good, and he's always had just a killer changeup. And the fastball is a average pitch, in my opinion, uh, but the changeup is a plus offering. And when he combines those two, as you'd expect, someone who has a changeup like his—I mean, he just carved up the lower minors. In 2019, he pitched in high A, Double A, AA, and Triple A, and through the whole trip, through the the strikeout per nine was uh, over nine, the walk per nine was under three. Just a lot of if there's—I think I mentioned before—my only cause for concern is Akron is a, is a pitcher's park, and his home run rate was a little high. Now Morgan is not a big guy at all. Uh, he's listed at five ten, and that might be generous. I think I think he could be a great reliever long term. Um, I was tempted just to automatically put him in the pen, and you know what? I might cheat, and we're gonna we're gonna do a cheat. Okay, we're gonna move Morgan to the pen because I think that's where he ends up long term, and I do have some more space in the pen, and that allows me to talk about another starter. So Eli Morgan, fastball, changeup, undersized, good control. Uh, every, another guy who fits the Indians' profile doesn't really have some of the upside uh, we've seen with guys like like Bieber and Pleissack and Savali, where I think the the fastball just is not it's it's fringy. If anything holds him back, it's going to be that Morgan needs to be added to the 40-man of this offseason. I am confident they will do that because if not, I am also confident he'd be selected. So he should see time with the Indians at some point. Uh, next season. But we're moving him to the pen, so I can pull another starter. Uh, We'll go with who I had as my fifth starter, and that's Daniel Espino. I hate to ever say someone is uh, very much... uh, is How can I phrase this? I hate to take a kid before he's gotten into the upper minors and say he is a, a reliever. And I think he has even more reliever risk in some regards than than, uh, Morgan, who I already did that to and moved into the pen. Uh, Espino, at points, was much like Hankins the year before. Espino was drafted the year after. There's a lot of similarities here. Was viewed at points as the best prep arm in the class. He has uh, extreme upper velocities, has hit upper 90s, I believe has hit triple digits, has a slider that is also a plus offering. He has very advanced secondaries. His mechanics are, um, no one is going to, uh, look at his mechanics and tell you they're a dream. there are definite concerns there. He's kind of physically, I wouldn't say maxed. He could definitely like get stronger and stuff, but he's, he's already at a, you know, he's a slight guy in terms of height. Uh, he's always going to be an undersized right-hander. So when you take, you know, not the ideal height, um, violence to the delivery, the already high velocity as a prep player. And, I still have massive injury concerns. Um, just with that, uh, he needs. We'll see if the changeup can come along to give him that third uh, pitch he needs to be a starter. Also, just the command and control issues. Yes, that is something the Indians do very well at. So this he should be a perfect candidate for them. Uh, I would put, barring. I mean, I, I said it on draft day. I, I think we see him miss significant time with an injury before he gets to the big leagues and we'll see if that's right or wrong Um, but when I you spend you know a decade almost doing this you start kind of making a list of like okay a b plus c typically leads to this or uh, a b and c can help you avoid this and he just has all the markings for when I kind of wouldn't when you're looking at someone who could get hurt and it feels terrible to to make that sound like, oh, he's going to be hurt. But yeah, it's uh, to look at the delivery and everything else and not have big concerns. What you can have zero concerns with is Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar, as I've talked about on this show, is what I eat every day. I am down to two of their uh, pumpkin chocolate chip and one coconut to go. Uh, I always recommend the mix Box. I did see. I haven't had a chance to check it out. They have these new Built Bar Bites. Maybe that's what I will check out and do with my next order. The fact I'm down to three bars uh, means an order probably should have already occurred and will be happening sooner rather than later. And when I make that order at BuiltBar.com, I'm going to use the promo code LOCKEDON. I'm going to get 20% off my order and then also let them know that we sent you. So BuiltBar.com, use that promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off. And again, the highest praise I can give is... I buy it. I am using it since they sent me the first thing for Built Bar. I have become a fan of this product. It is my favorite uh, bar I have ever had, and I have tried many different bars in the mornings for breakfast. This is it. This is the one that I love. I keep going back for a reason. BuiltBar.com promo code locked on. So who's our fifth starter now? I kind of have to go and look at a list of you know prospects just to think who I'm going to put into this slot. I believe Logan Allen, who they got from the Padres a year ago, I'd be tempted to put him in there because, again, I think he's a very safe arm. But I think he spent enough time in the majors over the last two years to no longer qualify to be a rookie. I could be wrong there. Um, when I looked at a lot of places, he was not listed. I like I, I like Scott Moss, but I'm not over the moon on him. I think if I'm taking another starter, it's... Logan Allen, And you're saying you just said that Logan Allen uh, doesn't qualify. I'm meaning the new Logan Allen. I had uh, Logan Allen out of Florida International ranked higher than Tanner Burns heading into this year's draft. So if I'm going to pick who's in that fifth spot, I'm going to take the guy who I actually had rated slightly higher. And that's because he's a little bit safer. Uh, Burns has the big fastball. But uh, there were points where he would be very hittable. And he had some issues with just overall uh, fading late in. 2018, no, 2019, I'm sorry, uh, both solid selections, but I just, Allen was, uh, the numbers across the board were fantastic, and he was a two-way guy, an excellent athlete who, he hit more home runs than Garrett Mitchell, who was a, an expensive bonus player to the the Brewers in the first round, uh, and that he did that while being known as a, a pitcher, first and foremost, He's a super athletic left-hander. Another one of those killer change-ups. The type of guy again that the Indians seem to always find a little bit more of. Uh, I think even you know Burns. uh, There's those additional concerns that might lead him towards the pen. But Allen's the guy. Yes, he's only six feet. Yes, he's slight. But he already. It's an easy profile as is to see as a starter. And if the Indians can get any more, he could be, you know, the back, the next guy who turns into a starter for the Cleveland Indians who was never, uh, you know, a top 10 prospect or was never a big name prospect. Uh, you look at their current rotation, Tristan McKenzie did have some points as a high end prospect. But even Bieber uh, was not, was like a borderline top 10 guy coming into his final uh, rookie season before he ended up spending half the year in the bigs. So we'll see, but uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in Logan Allen. I know some might talk about Carlos Vargas; he has amazing stuff, and we'll see if the Indians protect him. They typically protect arms like that, um, but he's he's just never performed. And it is interesting how often they pref- uh, protect arms. But you know, I saw someone saying, "Oh, the Indians—they should be forgiven for letting Santander get away." Uh, and again, I just want to remind people, they protected J.B. Shuck to, instead of Santana, there were, there were, there were players to protect, and I will never understand not protecting one of your top 10 prospects, which he clearly was at the time. Uh, that is always going to be silly to me. I don't care the situation. So we have talked about our starters and man, we might have to save some of the depth here. Some of the pen talk for, uh, for tomorrow's show. We already talked about Eli Morgan, so that's one arm out of the pen. Uh, Emmanuel Classe still counts as a rookie. I don't know how much more you need me to say about him. Uh, His stuff is possibly better than Karen Chalk. And the thought of him and what he can do is part of the reason why I think it's going to be very easy for the Cleveland Indians to move on from bad hand in this offseason. And, uh, yeah, he's going to move into the back of the pen very quickly. Nick Sandlin uh, former second round pick at a former second-round pick out of Southern Miss was, if he had not missed half of last season due to injury, um, he might have been in the bigs this year. He's another guy who I think sooner rather than later is going to get that opportunity to pitch for the Indians, especially if you know they they could have multiple open spots in that bullpen. Uh, if I'm going to just pause the podcast to tell you who's out there. So obviously we've talked about how hand can go. Oliver Perez is uh, an unrestricted free agent. Um, everyone else is on the low end of money. So likely uh, they could have two open spots. And Sandlin, if they don't bring in a vet, is one of those guys who's going to be up for that. Uh, Kyle Nelson's the best left-handed reliever to come through the system in a long time. Uh, they have not been good at developing lefties in general, uh, starters or relievers. It has been a, just a trying thing for the Indians. That's why. They keep uh, going out and signing players or making trades for players, and there's been so many they've gone out and acquired that just haven't been good, uh, trying to find that lefty. Maybe Nelson moves into the Perez role. We'll see, but uh, UC Santa Barbara guy, college teammate of Shane Bieber, had a big breakout uh, that was overshadowed by Karen Chalk's breakout in 2019, so that he is a name to know as well for just next year. All three of those are bullpen arms to know. Uh, for next year and let's also since we're talking about bullpen arms potentially for next year Sam Hentges uh sixth round pick out of Minnesota I want to say uh many many years ago at this point in time just had problems staying healthy in the early goings uh 2014 so yeah that, I mean that was a bitty, bit ago that's we're almost seven years out from that draft um he was born in 96 so what you know he's He's gonna turn 25 next year, year right? So uh, he's been in the minors for a while. You know, when you we're talking about a guy who debuted in the minors in 2014, so that's it's a lot of seasons. Uh, he's a good athlete, big guy. When I saw him last year in Akron, he never popped. Um, nothing looked plus, and I think you're hoping long term that maybe a move him to the pen and stuff plays up a bit more. I just don't know. What he's going to do. Um, you know, we all got pretty excited who do prospects after he had the big year in Carolina. It just never clicked fully in Akron. And when you look at a guy who's 6'8 uh, and like 250, 260, you expect him to be throwing harder than like 92, 93. Um, again, he's not a bad prospect. He's not a great prospect. He's a solid left handed reliever who can get out righties, can get out lefties. Uh, And I think that will eventually play into him maybe being more successful as a reliever, especially where you cannot, where we have the new three pitcher rule or three player rule where he can come in. If he's got to face, you know, a lefty, a righty and a lefty, you're fine with him doing that. Uh, He he can be the new age of specialist for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, We didn't get through all the way through the pen, but uh, when you look at that, I gave you five pen arms, all of which are uh, candidates to help the Indians In 2021, we did five starters, um, four of which are candidates to help the Indians, or four of which, one of which is a candidate to help the Indians in uh, 2021 as well. And, you know, you go back and you look at the hitting side of things. Yeah, there's some players like Arias and Jones uh, that they got to add to the 40 man, but that's it. Um, A lot of those guys who are hitters, it's like maybe you could see a Ty Freeman late in the year. Uh, you know, I've talked about Zanzen around here. He's like, "Well, tell us when they if they could help next year." Quick rundown: Naylor unlikely, Bracco Braccio unlikely, Freeman maybe. Arias is going to be on the forty man. We'll see, especially if they trade Lindor and they just have a stopgap there. With his defensive ability, Arias uh, could be possible. Nolan Jones, I assume we'll see him at some point once we get past Super Two worries. George Valera no. Daniel Johnson, I mean, that would be really cruddy if we didn't. He's already on the forty man. Already has debuted. Pete Halpin no. Uh, he's, you know, hasn't even played minor league ball at this point. Owen Miller, maybe the only knock on him basically at this point is he doesn't need to be added to the 40 man. Uh, will they be aggressive with him or do we end up seeing someone like Ernie Clement who like already, I'm not trying to, I think Clement might be on the 40 man, but if he's not, he's someone that they would risk losing. And they've been, um, they've been very protective of not adding guys to the 40 man before they need to be, unless they're going to be definite starters. So tomorrow, we got some bullpen arms who are unlikely to help next year. Some prospects uh, of note to still mention as we go through this list. We'll then get back into looking at teams for possible trades who could help out uh, help out the team <laughs> and next year. We I think it is going to be a very, very low payroll for the Cleveland Indians. I don't know if people saw the report today where baseball is saying they lost a few billion dollars. Was it like... Do you remember if it was, they lost, I think they lost three, but I also have like 6.5 in my head. Uh, And I understand, yes, that is terrible. But remember that baseball in a normal year made 10 billion the year before of surplus. They made 10 billion in surplus money the year before. So they can afford to eat three or even six in what we would call an odd year. That's why, you know, you negotiate and set yourselves up because you know, uh, if you're a multi-billion dollar business, you should be able to weather a down year. Um, and yes, it's a down year for all of us. And for many businesses, they can't, but most businesses aren't multi-billion dollar businesses. So the baseball should be able to weather this and be fine. But it's going to give a lot of owners, uh, uh, hey, we're going to be, you're going to hear the Dolans talk about borrowing money this offseason about how they had to do that. And you're going to hear about uh, the billions and dollars of losses of baseball and that's going to all be used as a reason for the Indians to have like a 50 to 60 million dollar payroll next year uh, and honestly until this team gets a new minority owner uh, Sherman it really seems like with somewhere from 20 to 30 percent ownership in the Cleveland Indians uh, the spending's just not going to be there for this team to begin with um, we've talked about it many times on the show but it, it's not going to be a fun offseason so let's Let's look at these prospects and let's look for the trades where you can add a bat who is not making a huge amount of money because that is the only way this team's going to get better. Uh, it's the only way you're going to see this team make big strides or steps. Uh, I, I do think a large part of trading Lindor is going to be a cost cut. And I still worry that even though I think Brad Hand should be easy to trade, that they just won't pick up his option because they're going to afraid to be stuck with it i'm wow what a negative end to today's show sorry everyone It's saw the money losses today and i was like ah oh, we're just what owners need another excuse for why they need to cut the miners, um cut the draft cut uh spending it's uh, everybody feel bad for those billionaires they're suffering um you know, we need we need the pictures of all of the owners of baseball with their networks net networks. No, net worth and the Sarah McLachlan, uh puppy song going in the background. I think that that's the YouTube video we need to 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 see. Is is that one with all their just sad faces and the, their billions of dollars of net worth? Um, it it just it drives me mad how much. Baseball owners. You don't see it as much in the other sports, but baseball owners love to cry poor as often as possible. Not all of them. John Sherman, who left to go back to the Royals, he's hes one of the best owners in baseball. It's a sad state of affairs we lost him in Cleveland. Oh, man, really negative. Sorry, everyone. Super negative show. Wow, did not expect that. Talking about what should be a positive, this young pitching staff and how there's... 10 guys off the top of my head that are super interesting and I left off some more interesting guys we'll talk about tomorrow and that half of those 10 should help the Indians in 2021 like that's a positive so let's go back let's rejigger the ship talk about that positive say I've been Jeff Ellis you can find me on Twitter at Jeff MLB draft you can find some fun nuggets on there like I retreated re- man retreated no I retweeted today back when uh Tampa made their deal with St. Louis, and everyone was like, "Oh, they got Jose Martinez and a worthless play like Randy uh, Renia. There was a lot of people acting like he was not even a throw-in value, and uh, and Matt Liberatore was this great prospect. And I just, you know, even then, I broke down like, "Hey, they moved up significantly in that draft, and that has a lot of value." And they gave up an interesting pitcher, but uh, one that's far away, and they added a guy who's been a good hitter, and they added a rising outfielder with ridiculous bat pips and if you listen to this show you know what ridiculous bat pips and the upper minor show you and uh the rays are benefiting like <laughs> i put it on front street even it was from january 10th so you can find nuggets like that when you go to my twitter account um so yes nuggets of me uh with information like that and then also uh shamelessly self-promoting when i get things right or uh sometimes even when i get them terribly wrong So that is at Jeff MLB draft. You can uh, hit me up with ideas for the show on there and for things you'd like me to talk about on this very show. I reached out to a bunch of people for interviews this week. um, Today, I should say, Uh, Emily Walden, uh, Brian S. I'm not going to butcher his last name, who's over at perfect game, who I think does draft stuff better than anyone. Uh, Aaron Lieberman, who I used to hang out and talk with in the the in Double A when he was uh, running things down there in Akron uh, in a role, and who spent uh, the '90s working in the Brave system and has some fantastic stories to share. I also talked to Justin Lotta about getting him back on the show again and maybe having him take part in the video stuff. So, yeah, some great. Uh, who else should I reach out to? Who who's out there that you'd like to hear me talk to? I guess is another thing. Uh, and as always, um, rate and review. Uh, it's very important to the show. Uh, it's, it it's something that always comes up, uh, and then pass on to a friend. Let's, let's get, the, the listenership is down. Uh, people don't want to listen to the Indians after that brutal off season. We are down 20% this month. I'll be honest. So, uh, yeah, have friends listen, uh, always download. If you download every single day, that really helps out the show, all that stuff. Uh, let's continue to grow this show out. Uh, I like doing it and I'm going to do everything I can to make this a, uh, a little bit more fun experience, uh, hoping to get a few other people on. I've got a uh, a, a PhD in England who is uh, very mathematically bent, uh, who's also a Yankees fan, who I'm gonna have on the show to talk about all things baseball at some point. Just will be a, a nice, uh, maybe not the show to listen to if you don't like metrics, but we'll, that's another guest I have coming. Still trying to lock in uh Andrew Clayman, he used to uh, write at Waiting for Next Year, who was a groomsman in my wedding. Shouldn't be that hard to do, but uh, he lives uh, in a hole uh, across the ocean, which makes it more difficult. And yeah, we're just, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to make this something different. Uh, I've been blabbering for way too long here at the end of the show. Thank you all. Always. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, especially with, I've been very reflective of late with 24-7 getting rid of baseball. Having this here has been um, a great lifeline in terms of baseball and writing and making me feel like I am uh, a journalist and that uh, I've kind of, I still have something. So thank you all for being with me this year through all of this. Um, I hope you're all doing well, and thank you for downloading, listening, and all that you do to help this show. I've been Jeff Ellis, and as always, Go Tribe!